Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Today, the delusion of diagnosis, and this is hugely important because when you're looking at the health of our population and the health of the world, um, we don't have optimal health of the population or health of the world. And it's based basically on our therapies. Now, before we get into this, and I'm going to show you how to identify and reverse chronic illness and disease. I know it seems crazy, but think of this. Um, your body is intelligent. It's designed to live here on the planet. But we have uh, a medical cartel and an industrial medical complex that Eisenhower warned us about. Heck, even the founders of the Constitution warned us about governmental control and how we need to have a constant vigilance over looking at our democracy. Um, you've got to look at, uh, it's on YouTube, but it's also on Children's Health Defense. Uh, Robert Kennedy, and this is the, what you've got to do. Uh, type in Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Message of Freedom and Hope. And it'll come up on YouTube, but go to, also go to the childrenshealthdefense.org and check out the Defender. It's a new um, like like think tank group that um, Mr. Kennedy has formed on his site. I mean, just brilliant because the censorship is really going to be taking us all down. So that's huge. Now I'm going to bring up a series of case studies. Now, what that is, imagine, because when we talk about diagnosis, that means uh, literally people are coming up with a label for your symptoms, and then they put it in the category. And the reason they do that is because the therapies or the interventions are so toxic and so damaging that uh, if you are doing it with a purpose, that there is a reason you're doing it, then the doctors pretty much got their butts covered. What that <laughs> I know it sounds crazy because I mean, think of this. Let's say you have 10 people with fibromyalgia. Uh, do they all have the same history, lifestyle, diet, sleep patterns? Uh, were they all gymnasts when they were teenagers or were they all nerds? You see what I mean? But to have that label of fibromyalgia or inflammatory bowel disease or something doesn't really tell you about how that person adapts. So let's look at this. Okay, you got a, got a uh, patient, 75 years old and healthy, comes in with shoulder issues. And then we start looking for 40 years. Um, she's had restless leg syndrome, 40 years. Now, of course, you can take drugs for those, but that's really not the source of it. Do you, do you know what I mean? 30 years of anxiety. And, and think of the drugs. Prozac for 30 years. Now, Prozac is an antidepressant that is a side effect of suicide and suicidal thoughts. Um, and she's been taking it for 30 years. Metformin, which is for type 2 diabetes. Now, metformin actually increases cardiac events. It weakens your immune system. It increases heart attack. Um, and it's for type 2 diabetes, which is 95% of all diabetics. And you're going to find out that type 2 diabetes can be corrected. Then naproxen. Now, naproxen for six months, this is destroying the joint cartilage. Now, you may have heard of effects and side effects. Okay, there are only effects from medications. Uh, naproxen has a side effect of decreasing pain, but it can actually destroy joint cartilage, increases kidney damage, increases cardiovascular events. 
She's taken two blood pressure drugs for 20 years, 20 years she's been prescribed these drugs. But this is, again, our system based on diagnosis. If you diagnose someone with high blood pressure 20 years ago and you know the cause of high blood pressure is unknown, Yes, that's true. That's what the medical world says. The cause of high blood pressure is unknown. So you're taking two medications. Now, for every one medication you're taking, your risk of stroke increases around 30%. Two medications, you're looking at around 148%. Three medications, 248%. So two medications that increase your risk of stroke for 20 years, 25 years of type 2 diabetes medications. 30 years of anxiety medications, 40 years of restless leg, which, you know, again, a plethora of drugs for that. Is this ignorant or is this evil? Now, our best chance, okay, realizing that we're drugging our population um, for symptoms, that means that if you got a symptom, man, we've got a chemical to cover it up. And these medications all are dangerous. How about we change this medical system where 60% of adults have a chronic illness, 54% of kids have a chronic illness, that this travesty, this crime is never perpetuated on humans. That means that if somebody has a symptom, you don't lump them into a category of pre-diabetic or diabetic or anxiety or stress or or high blood pressure, you don't put them in that category. That categorization of people is damaging to the person. It's, it's not effective at correcting the person. It's foolishness. So you got a choice. If you're drugging people with um, chemicals and you're doing this to decrease their symptoms and their symptom is not being addressed, that is evil. If you are ignorant because you're following a protocol based on a diagnosis and you're just a machine and you're not, uh, you're not looking at the intelligence of the body, that the body is designed to adapt, that, that maybe this person's in a stressed state and that's causing the high blood pressure, the elevations in blood sugar, the decreased blood supply to the gut. Maybe all of these symptoms are there because there's some kind of physical or chemical or emotional stressor. How about we look at the body that way? Because when you're looking at this, these symptoms are a body screaming from some type of physical, chemical, or emotional stressor. And if you have a doctor that's addressing those symptoms or those adaptations to stress um, without addressing the underlying, you tell me, is that ignorant or evil? It's evil if they know what they're doing is causing harm and not addressing the underlying problem. It's ignorant if they're just doing it by rote because of the dogma, because they're, they're following a protocol. What we have to do right now is take back our health, take back our freedom, and take back our planet. Okay, and this is a massive change in belief system, massive change. And remember, a belief system is, is on a, it's a, a, an addition or it's an equation of perception plus evidence plus time. So, you know, I mean, if you have a belief that, you know, there's a virus that's killing our, our entire planet, and that's based on your perception, but then you might look at evidence, uh, like, you know, death rates, are the death rates climbing or not, or what, and then over time, you, you may be able to change that belief system. Uh, do you know what I mean? So let's look at facts. 
Now, this is out of the journal of the uh, Western Journal of Medicine, 2000. How to deal with medically unknown symptoms, and this has to do with the diagnosis because we have to prevent the travesty that occurred on that first patient. The travesty. Okay, now. Number one, what this quote out of this article is, medical practice traditionally involves making a clear diagnosis before intervening and before healing can occur. Standard appointment times are not long enough for patients with medically unknown symptoms to tell their story. Um, (laughs) Western medicine seeks to practice evidence-based medicine, which is such such a misnomer. This article goes on to state that they talk about um, a group of physicians called clinical ecologists, and they practice environmental medicine. Quote, these physicians advocate an avoidance of a wide range of chemicals and the use of non-validated tests and treatment. They think that personal observations and experience are all that's necessary to diagnose and treat people with medically unknown symptoms. Their theories and practices have been condemned by medical societies. Let me me repeat that. Quote, they think that personal observations and experience are all that's necessary to diagnose and treat people with medically unknown symptoms. Yeah, that's right. You've got to look at each person as an individual and look at why their body is presenting with those symptoms. Now, there's another journal article that talks about evidence-based medicine. And at first, you might think evidence-based medicine, well, we do the same dogmatic approach. This journal article goes on to state, uh, (laughs) um, okay, the contentious, explicit, judicious, and reasonable use of modern best evidence in making decisions about individual patients, and that's evidence-based medicine. Uh, it's not a cookbook with recipes. This, this is how the body um, or, or how the doctors are looking at the human being because the Journal of, or Western Journal of Medicine um, goes on to state, relying on this precise diagnosis may be counterproductive for both the physicians and their patients. Physicians may find themselves increasingly frustrated at their ability to understand and solve the problem. Absolutely. Inevitably, everything becomes a possible trigger of symptoms, creating an atmosphere of fear. Absolutely. And then let's go on to the insane circular logic. Um, Take hypothyroidism, okay? Hypothyroid means the thyroid's not functioning the way it's supposed to. And, you know, again, the medical world, this says the most common cause of low-functioning thyroid is Hashimoto's thyroiditis, an autoimmune disorder. Okay, cool. So that's the cause of the most common low-functioning thyroid. However, when you look at what are the causes of uh, Hashimoto's, doctors aren't entirely sure why the immune system, which is supposed to defend the body from harmful viruses and bacteria, now sometimes turns against the body tissues. So we know what causes it. We don't know what causes it. Fibromyalgia, again, unknown. Complex regional pain syndrome, unknown. Essential hypertension, unknown. Inflammatory bowel disease, unknown. I I, I mean, it's mind-blowing that these doctors that are stuck in this dogmatic approach of where someone's got a symptom and you're going to treat it with with a, a chemical that has effects without addressing the underlying cause. And what are their, what's the fallback? 
well, we just don't know. So here's a chemical. In our ignorance, we're going to give it to you. This is why we have got 6 in 10, 60%. That means you're walking along with 10 people, and six of you have a chronic illness or disease you will never recover from. And what are these diseases? Heart disease, cancer, um, pulmonary issues, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, stroke, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, kidney disease. So let's go over that. Let's, let's see what is, are there different approaches? Well, I'm going to give you this one patient, okay? And, and this, this gal is brilliant. I met her Saturday. 45-year-old athlete, okay, let, let's call her Jane. She's got a reverse disc at the top of the neck. She's got three abnormal discs, and I'm going to show her bending films, and you'll see a massive difference. An unstable pelvis with right leg and right hip symptoms. Now, could we give her a medication to decrease her symptoms? Absolutely. But when you see what her x-ray looks like, this is completely abnormal information going into the brain. This is putting this person in a stress state. Now, when I'm looking at her x-rays, we identified three abnormal discs. We identified inflammation of the pelvis, a leaky gut or abnormal bowel gas, a thoracic rotational malpositioning, forward head carriage, reverse disc in the neck, all of this stuff based on right leg symptoms because... 90% of the nerves that come off this body have no pain fibers. So if you're waiting for somebody to give you a symptom, that's foolishness. Those, those symptoms are the end result of an adaptive process, not some weird disease. And like I was even asking about cardiac arrhythmias when I was looking at this because she didn't mention it. And I'm going to talk about how the heart has two nerve supplies, one at the top of the thoracic area, one in the cervical spine. I'm going to show this one picture of a, a fella who did not get a chance to get it checked, and he came back a few years later with a pacemaker and a defibrillator. And you'll see patient after patient with subluxations in the top of the thoracic area um, that used to have um, cardiac arrhythmias, now they don't. It, it, respect the body. Think of this, idiopathic um, is from one's own suffering. That's the Greek origin of the word. Um, idio means it, uh, one's own. Iatrogenic means that the treatment was caused by the, by the um, physician. And iatrogenic disorders, this was out of the journal, Medical Journal of Armed Forces of India. Brilliant article. Um, quote, one of the basic principles of treatment stated by Hippocrates is first do no harm. Um, and I love this quote in this article. It would be impossible to provide benefits of modern medicine uh, if reasonable steps in diagnostic and treatment were withheld because of possible risks. Absolutely. You treat someone with a chemical, it's not good. This article goes on to state the different interventions that cause harm, such as um, uh, injections to get a, a different a radiographic finding or MRI, um, anaphylactic shock, adverse drug reactions. Why? Because people really don't understand how the immune system works. Uh, so, I mean, if you look at Gary Fathom, professor of immunology, um, he states that we can perturb the immune system in all kinds of ways, measure hundreds or thousands of different things in response to that, and, and anything might affect the system, a vaccine, a disease, or drug. 
they don't know. Understand that your nervous system controls every function of the body. Your immune system is a mystery to even immunologists. So what do we know now? Well, we know that we're in a system, a belief system, that if you have a symptom, you get a chemical. We know that there are nearly 40 different drugs that can cause neuropathy or problems with the nervous system. And these are high blood pressure, psychiatric drugs, um, seizure drugs, anti-rejection drugs, uh, cancer, uh, cardiac arrhythmia drugs, all of these medications, antibiotics, antivirals. So how do we get into a state where you cannot get sued for the... Um, the interactions or the effects of the medication that a doctor has given you. Now, you can sue the company, thank goodness, because now we still have a, a tort process or a legal process that you can sue a company if they produce a product that's dangerous. You know, it's like Vioxx killed, I, I think last estimates are over 100,000 people um and possibly affected 500,000 no one goes to jail for these okay because they are approved by the FDA so the FDA has taken um uh, has has approved it for the public use now there's a lot of drugs that were approved and then taken away but this way the the FDA or Food and Drug Administration is approving it however when we read the journal of law and medical ethics um, and this is the title of the article, Institutional Corruption of Pharmaceuticals and the Myth of Safe and Effective Drugs. The Myth of Safe and Effective Drugs. Quote, the pharmaceutical industry has corrupted the practice of medicine through its influence over what drugs are developed and how they are tested and how medical knowledge is created. We know that Harvard Medical School and New England Medical Journal said that you should not go to your annual physical, that it's outdated, and there's an inverse relationship in money spent on this medical system and your actual health. We know Dr. David Sackett, in, in one of the most famous quotes from uh, medical school orientation, is, quote, half of what you'll learn in medical school will be shown to be either dead wrong or out of date within five years of your graduation. The trouble is that no one can tell you which half. So the most important thing is to learn on your own. Absolutely. So we are at a change in belief systems. Um, not the psychosis that uh, people are, are running around with mass and social distancing. I mean, that, that's just a religion. But let's change our belief system that your body is given symptoms because you're breaking down bad luck or bad genes. And the doctor is this all-seeing, all-knowing, wise person who's giving you a chemical to alter your physiology, and this is going to restore health. Uh, it, life doesn't work that way. <laughs> so now let's say you change that belief system to one of vitalistic, that your body is designed to live here, that there's a dynamic life force energy in you, and that symptoms are presented um, for a reason that your body is self-healing, self-regulating, and you're designed to live here. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, imagine if your body has an inborn intelligence. Um, think of this, inborn intelligence. That means your body regulates the blood pressure, regulates um, blood supply to the gut, utilizes gastric motility, so it sends signals down so food can move through your entire digestive tract, and your body can 
turn that apple or banana or broccoli into protein, fats, and carbohydrates. <clears throat> so take this case here. Nine-year-old kid with ulcerative colitis. Now we take an x-ray, and again, what's, what's inflammatory bowel disease? Officially, idiopathic unknown. So that diagnosis is going to help this kid. We can get him on a plethora of drugs, which he was on. Um, you're talking anti-inflammatories, antibiotics, steroids to decrease the inflammation. But he also had a hospital birth. The mom had Pitocin and an epidural. He was giving full vaccines until two years of age because of seizures. And so he's got a neurotoxic effect from the vaccines. He already had a central nervous system issue. So you think his body is in a stress state or a stress state. Well, we take an x-ray and find a physical stressors, absolutely. Chemical stressors, we're looking at a leaky gut there. Emotional stressors, probably. Imagine being nine years old and when you eat something, you have to poop blood. That's going to, you know, and you've been doing this for about half of your life. That's mind-blowingly um, crazy. So do you just want to give him a chemical or do you want to adjust the underlying causes of this? This is the delusion of diagnosis. If you accept the dogmatic approach that you find a symptom and you treat it with a chemical, uh, you're not going to have a good outcome. You've got this automatic nervous system where chronic illness and disease are, are expressed. Your nervous system is directly connected to the immune system. And just think of it, the health of America, one in two people will get cancer and 600,000 people will die every year. One in two, 50% of our population, 600,000 deaths every year. That's three times what the inflated COVID numbers are. You get 655,000 heart disease patients die every year. So that's 1.2 million people a year are dying of cancer and heart disease. Okay, and we're talking over six times what the current inflated COVID death rates are. And we're not shutting down the economy. We're not changing the world. So let's look at cancer. At the Journal of Natural Science and Biology, 2011, Immunity Over Inability, the Spontaneous Regression of Cancer. That's the title of the article. Quote, spontaneous healing of cancer is a phenomenon that's been observed for hundreds of thousands of years and have been the subject of many controversies is now accepted as an indisputable fact. That's right. The word spontaneous implies uh, without apparent cause and regression is defined as a decrease in tumor, ties, uh, tumor, uh, tumor size or the extent of cancer in the body, according to the National Cancer Institute. Um, partial or complete disappearance of a malignant tumor in the absence of treatment or in the presence of therapy um, considered inadequate to exert a significant influence on the disease. This was composed by Dr. Tilden Everson and Dr. Warren Cole in the 60s. Um, <laughs> it's it's mind-blowing because the article goes on to state spontaneous regressions of cancer is not a rare occurrence as thought to be. In the, in the average month during 2002, medical journals published more than four articles on the subject. I mean, fantastic. I'm going to present an, a couple of x-rays of the patient in his mid-50s um, diagnosed with prostate cancer. Well, where did that come from? And this is, you know, metastatic, so it's supposed to be growing in other areas. 
um, and we found a reverse curve in the neck, degeneration in the neck consistent with a trauma um, over 20 years. We're looking at over 20 years of damage of the two discs at the base of the spine and right on top of the sacrum. So this is putting a person into a stress state, a low-functioning parasympathetic state, as well as compromised nerve supply and blood supply to the pelvic floor. Um, so you don't catch cancer. You earn it. You earn it from chronic, physical, chemical, or emotional stress. How do we know that? Because spontaneous remissions of cancer are there. Think of that. If cancer is not a virus, fungus, or bacteria attacking the body, that your body has to have a weakened immune system in order to develop it. And we have about half of our population developing cancer. Do we have a healthy population or a sick population? Sick. So let's look at this. Pain infections, high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, depression, are these diseases or adaptations? We know that the University of Alabama said that for your risk of stroke goes up for every third the blood pressure medication. Remember that first person I talked about, two blood pressure medications for over 20 years? Cholesterol is vital okay, for brain function, but people are passing out statins that lower their their um, cholesterol, and that increases hardening of the arteries and heart failure. Um, we know that if you take a statin or cholesterol-lowering drug, your risk of type 2 diabetes increases exponentially. You're talking about 22%. We know if you take a drug to lower blood glucose, and that again, that first patient was taking drugs, not addressing the lifestyle, not addressing the physical, chemical, or emotional stress, if you, those drugs work and you reduce blood glucose by 9%, you have a 19% increase in mortality. That's dangerous. I encourage you to look at Dr. Gabriel Cousins' um, book, The Cure for Diabetes. Uh, why? Because there is a cure for diabetes. It, it's, it literally takes around 30 days. In There's also a movie called Simply Raw by Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Uh, you can get it, I'm sure, on his site. With the amount of censorship, it may be harder to find it um, because they, they are censoring stuff like crazy. I mean, we're developing other um, live streams and other things to get our information out there. But, I mean, the censorship is mind-blowing. That's why I encourage you to go to um, thechildrenshealthdefense.org and help Robert Kennedy preserve our freedoms of speech, our freedoms of expression. And literally censorship is the one way that totalitarian societies um, control their population, and we can get away from that. So what do we do to change our world? Number one, do not diagnose a disease. That's foolishness. Um, what you want to do is look at a human being, and this is to all the doctors and all the regular humans out there. Look at your body as 90% of it has no pain fibers. So to wait for symptoms is foolishness. Check your physical, chemical, and emotional stress, and check it with an objective analysis. Then you look at the physiology no matter how someone is presenting, what, what disease they have, look at their physical, chemical, emotional stress. How many bowel movements a day do they get? How are their sleep patterns? 
Do they have anxiety or stress? All of these can be functions of that cerebellum. Do you want to wait for them to develop those, or do you want to check them while they're still healthy? And this goes on to what, what the parents, uh, when they ask me, when should I bring my son in or daughter? I said, well, you can wait till they get really sick, or we can check them while they're healthy. <laughs> and again, just common sense. So please support the children's health defense. That would be ideal. Um, also, to stop the censorship, I'll look at medicalfreedompack.com. Uh, because we're already losing freedoms in California. The government has taken over the medical system. They've taken over your children. They've taken over the doctor's ability to write exemptions, which, I mean, if you're talking about a delusion of diagnosis, that is a societal delusion. <laughs> it's, I, I, it, it's hard for me to realize that I've been doing these um, talks and presentations for over 20 years. And I'm still explaining that you have personal rights. You have an inalienable right of being a human being on our planet. It was guaranteed by the Constitution, even though we're not using that. But you are an independent human built by God. And when you have a symptom, treat that symptom as an adaptation. If you don't have symptoms and want to maintain yourself healthy, live the way your great-grandparents did eat whole food, sleep good, work hard, um, have a good relationship with your creator, and your body will thrive on this, thrive on this planet. You do not need to be afraid of a virus. You do need to be concerned about a government that takes away your freedom. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. Make sure you check us out live tonight on Facebook, live on YouTube, live on Twitter and Pinterest. I think we're going to hit everything tonight. God bless you. I love you. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.